outside of the just the a lots of the studies and evidence that you know we've had over the years the decades that have shown that like what you wear does impress a certain type of impact on other people and on your self-perception but that's in general a way to look at something that's completely unrelated to fashion but yet still can somehow impact your point of view of yourself or your physical stature so there's something kind of cool and amazing about how what you choose to put on your body can directly influence how successful you appear to others and to yourself there are ways that you can use fashion as a tool to show up in a dip with a different attitude and i love it i mean i think it's a fascinating concept and i've seen it time and time again with my clients hello and welcome to another episode of worked up the podcast where you learn to take what gets you worked up to find your passion, reach your potential, and write your own success story. Today, we are joined by Nicole Russo. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Very excited to have you on the podcast. Nicole is a stylist and wardrobe manager, which I want to ask about because I've not heard that term before. And she is the brains behind the Instagram account, Let's Get You. Hi, I'm really excited to be here too. And I will give you all the information. Um, I know it's a unique career path as well. So it's an exciting story. So let's start with that story. Okay. Take me through it. I definitely grew up with an eye for pretty things. And, but I grew up in a really small rural town where that thing wasn't really a part of my everyday. I was a little, I was like, you know, a millennial. Well, I am a millennial. And I do remember that Delia's catalog being the highlight. Oh my gosh. Delivery. Yeah. Blast from the past Delia's. Yeah. It was a game changer. I still to this day remember the first t-shirt that I bought out of it when I saved up for my babysitting money. Like, but anyway, I digress. So I think that- Well, can I just say something about Delia's? Yeah. I just actually remember having this little spaghetti strap, turquoise striped number that definitely is back in style now. Oh, 100%. I mean, I- wholeheartedly wish I definitely hoarded those catalogs as you know a tween teen and I really wish that they were somehow in the back of a closet somewhere because that would be epic right now and it was you know I think you you know looking back that was probably the start of a journey of just appreciating fashion as a rule but I didn't really find my way into being a stylist until uh my late 20s so Okay. I didn't have a launch pad career, you know, young buck kind of thing. 28 is definitely very young, but it doesn't feel like the beginning of something when you're almost 30. And I essentially didn't start my career until I was almost 30. I was a postgrad sort of bumbling around the world thinking I would have been a copywriter. I went to FIT studying advertising. And it was sort of in that post 2008 fallout that I found styling through a friend who got this fancy new job and wanted to, you know, dress cute. And she looked at me and was like, I feel like you'd be good at this. Let's go shopping. And it was like breathing. It was the most effortless thing I'd ever done in my life. And I had this idea, this naive idea that I could just do this. And 
I do think the naivety of my youth coupled with my lack of knowledge about the fashion industry in total helped me launch pad myself where after buying small business for dummies and lying my way into a <laughs> personal shopping job at a mall in Long Island, I eventually found myself sitting front row at Fashion Week while working for Netta Porte. And oh, wow. yeah, and that was also a really incredible, I mean, it was an incredible experience. It was, you know, profound in many ways, not just because I was able to, you know, join Gabriella Hurst in her townhouse for a private viewing of her second collection. I mean, these were pretty Very fancy. Yeah, these were pretty incredible, like unique experiences, along with dressing, you know, some of the world's most successful and most stylish women and being a conduit for their confidence and their look. And I really, you know, I along the way, I picked up more private clients and I sort of you know, helped people develop their sense of style on so many grand scales. And, you know, fun fact, I actually had one of my first clients ever is I'm working with her in two weeks again. She's come back and returned, which is the such round a, trip. Yeah. I mean, it's really been profound to watch her, you know, excel in her career and sort of develop her own style. And, you know, about in 2017, so I actually decided to styling, start styling men 26, 2017. And I was getting a little bored with the luxury platform of just, you know, expensive clothes, runway, you know, it just, the creativity of helping people was a little lost. And 2018, I left corporate America, um, the blaze of glory and ended up launching uh, Let's Get You officially to both men and women. And we've been running ever since. And, you know, we help really successful people like find their confidence and ease in getting dressed so they can pursue what really matters and spend time on the things that they care most about, whether that is being a mom, being a CEO, or, you know, changing like who they are and their identity. So what I'm hearing you say is this direct line between style and confidence. 100%. So talk me through that. I think of fashion as a, like, I call it the Dumbo feather. So, you know, the story of Dumbo. I'm so like aging myself with all these plot points, but whatever. So Dumbo, Delia's, we just think about like Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I definitely got a lot of inspiration from Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Oh my God. There you go. So both my kids are named after 90210 characters. Totally. Totally uh, by mistake. Is there a Kelly in there? <laughs> no. Two boys. Going back to Dumbo. So I love the story of Dumbo, you know, just from a general, like, uh, you know, from the, the messaging of it lives within you, right? So he was this floppy-eared, quirky, not really perfect so-called, you know, circus performer born into an environment where he didn't really feel like he belonged. And one day he jumps... jumps and realizes that he can fly and he thinks that he can fly because he has this magical feather and it is makes him the star of the show everyone's favorite and one day he loses his feather and he's afraid he can't fly and that's how he comes to learn that the whole time he flew because of his ears 
these big floppy ears that he was born with that originally were the thing that made him an outcast are now the thing that actually made him rise and shine and fly. So I like to say that clothing is your Dumbo feather because sometimes we don't know that it lives within us, but I love to show people that it does. And what can you do when you can fly? So that's really how I look at clothes as a tool for your confidence and your personal change. I really like that metaphor in a lot of ways. But one thing I'm struck by is a lot of people talk to me about having to put armor on for work. Now, armor, it's a military type of word. We can delve into whether or not someone needs to arm themselves for work. But there is this idea of going on stage and putting on a costume, right? There is an element of almost what I would call transition, transitioning mindset that's facilitated by the physical. Okay, I'm going to work now. Let me go put on my work uniform. I'm going to soccer. Let me go put on my soccer uniform, whatever it is. So facilitating this transition. I need to go fly. I'm going to go grab my feather. But oh, wait, it's actually my ears. Or my favorite blazer or the color that I feel like you know, statuesque and attention grabbing in, you know, it's, it is actually, you are arming yourself. You're just arming yourself with confidence. Right. So, and sometimes, you know, the identity shift of who you become when you are in that outfit, you know, there is, and there's what I find fascinating about this is I, you know, I'm very much an artist at heart, but like the little nerd in me, like appreciates that all these genius scientists and these doctors have done all this research that has proven that what you wear can influence how you feel and, or how you even stand can influence how you feel. There's a really amazing, I think her name is Amy Cuddy. Is this the power? Is yes, this the power, the power poses. Yes. So you know about this, right? So there's this great TED talk and, you know, she, there's all this evidence that shows that like power poses, you know, arms up, like arms at, you know, arms at your like waist, like all these things that kind of like in, invite confidence and, you know, a, pre a powerful presence. But like, you want to know how you hack that? Like wear something that fits. Like, <laughs> isn't that a novel idea? Yeah. Like there's a, you know, structured clothing, formal clothing it makes you stand up straight. If your pants are fitted, you're not going to slouch in the same way that you would in a very stretchy pair of jeans, a pair of sweatpants. Now I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I need to sit taller in yeah. a very stretchy and unstructured top. But it's a it's a hack. So it is. There's yeah. a reason blazers give you a statuesque appearance because they create symmetry. They create sharp angles and they force you to kind of look as though you are projecting up and you're standing up. So, you know, um, outside of the just the uh, lots of the studies and evidence that, you know, we've had over the years, the decades that have shown that like what you wear does impress a certain type of impact on other people and on your self-perception. But that's in general a way to look at something that's completely unrelated to fashion, but yet still can somehow impact your point of view of yourself or your physical stature. So there's something kind of cool and 
amazing about how what you choose to put on your body can directly influence how successful you appear to others and to yourself. And that's a really, you know, a lot of times, you know, sometimes people who are not familiar with these concepts are familiar with something like Cuddy's work. And, you know, the correlation there can be sort of life-changing in allowing yourself to be different on stage or be different in the boardroom or even on a date. Like, you know, we, we are have, even at a PTA meeting, you know, like, (laughs) like there are ways that you can use fashion as a tool to show up in a dip with a different attitude. And I love it. I mean, I think it's a fascinating concept and I've seen it time and time again with my clients. This is what I love about what you just said. I have had in the past two weeks, probably eight conversations with people where they just need to get their mojo back. And confidence really is the fuel for so much, right? Making a career change, asking for a raise, trying to vie for the promotion, starting a business. To do that, you need a certain level of confidence. And then on the other side of that, you think about the people like, you know, Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg who wear the same thing every day to work because it's their uniform, right? And for them, it's decision fatigue. But I would imagine having a closet that is demonstrative of how you want to show up is similar in the sense that you know what you're going to wear every day. So you know at least whatever is in your control, you can help support the likelihood that you're going to exude confidence. 100%. I'll also add to, you know, people often bring up those two powerful men who've, you know, uh, done incredible things with their careers, right? But the reason they can get away with it is because they are that successful. So like, it's almost like, which is a chick, bit of a chicken and egg. Would you be using citing them as examples if they didn't have the success they had? And would they? That's so interesting. Like, so, and they're both men. Exactly. Which the rules are not the same for women. Let's be frank. Like, what are the rules for women? I mean, I do believe that we need, we are currently, we are consistently breaking those rules. And that is important. You know, women's, the women's movement is oh, ever evolving. So, this is, you know, of the time right now. But what uh, what is unfortunately sad and true to me is that there is a lot more emphasis to this day on what a woman's appearance is like. There's, um, and I'm not going to name names, but, but there is a man and wife, successful business owners that are making a name for themselves in the online business world, you know, sort of putting out content and really becoming like thought leaders and they're doing an incredible job at this. However, the wife has undergone plastic surgery Mm. and does full makeup glam in almost every single video. The man now, just for context, a lot of their background is um, in the athletic world. So just this, there's a little bit context for this. However, the, the man is frequently in athleisure, baseball hats, scruffy beards. And if you review their content pages, there is some commentary on his appearance and sort of just his 
laziness or whatever you want to call it about the way that he presents himself. But the woman's appearance is like commented on constantly. Like her. That's so messed up. I mean, it is what it is. And it's so messed up. Exactly. And so that's why I feel like we do need to acknowledge that it is something, it is almost, is a woman, a tool in your toolkit, right? So if you want to capitalize on being a woman and the fact that this does exist and making certain choices to, you know, kind of be successful and circumvent it, it doesn't necessarily mean to me that you have to adhere to all everyone's opinions and the standards. But if you navigate it smartly and creatively, you can not allow it to be a deterrent, which I do feel that this woman in particular does. I don't in any ways feel like she has done made any of her choices or shows up in any ways of her platforms in a um, self-degrading or in any ways like, you know, falling prey to some of these trolls. However, it just observing these differences is an example of how the rules are just different for women and well it sounds like what you're getting at is an element of also controlling the narrative right 100 percent. you know don't make your appearance the thing that something someone's talking about allow the message to be what someone hears or what lands on someone and you know, you just gave two different examples. You're saying people are saying that the man is lazy and people are commenting on the woman's appearance. It sounds like that is taking away from the message that they're really trying to get across. And what we're dancing around right here is this concept of personal branding, which it it exists with any business, but it also exists for anybody who's a professional, right? You communicate through not only what you say, but what you do and how you look, what you want to exude. And it's as much about you having confidence as someone else having confidence in you. Exactly. And the competency, I strongly believe that you can sometimes overcome minor incompetencies in you know your performance because people respect you when they see you. And that so is... Meaning that polish can supersede... Yes. What does that say about society? You know, (laughs) I sometimes think about it, but, you know, having done this work for so long and understanding that we are human beings and we are driven by things that we like, babies are driven by things that they find visually appealing. But I think it goes beyond just attractiveness. I think it actually is, to me, it's the equivalent of a minor typo in an email or resume that makes you question someone's competency and ability to address and look at details that matter. So, and I think, oh, interestingly enough, you know, there was a rubber band pull away from being polished and professional at work. The tech industry significantly disrupted that and sort of, you know, you could get away with wearing whatever sloppy thing you wanted if you were able to disrupt, you know, innovation or, you know, make a lot of money. However, now that a lot of that world is bleeding into the other industries that have formerly for as long as we can know, have been extremely strict and professional and have really strong dress codes. There's a bleeding of sorts of both 
boundaries and expectations and everyone's sort of having to kind of adapt. And to me, this all really goes back to when people are competent at what they do on even the most minor details, you trust them more. So when someone shows up showing, proving that they put effort into themselves, that makes you trust them. It makes you you think that they're going to put effort into whatever you need them for. A hundred percent. It's, you know, if you even sometimes people overlook what they think is less important because they don't realize that no one else is doing it. And actually, if you did it, that's why you stand out so much. You know, yeah, I have I have a few things to say. One, there's so much judgment in this, right? Yes. Because it's true. I mean, we're judgmental beings. We're also social creatures. And just because you accept something doesn't mean you have to like it. It It's just a reality of the way it is, you know? I also am struck. So I, I grew up in the finance world professionally at a big bank. And when I first started working, I remember everyone went out. And the, I mean, everyone bought the same suit. It was the same black and gray suit from theory, (laughs) which I'm sure you remember. And everybody wore a suit to work. And then over the 14 years that I worked there, things got a lot more relaxed. And I'll I'll never forget when we first started working from home during the pandemic, I remember seeing our our CEO in a t-shirt. And I remember being like, this is so weird. It was probably like it almost like, made me feel weird. Like it almost made me feel inappropriate. Like it was seeing your teacher outside of school at the grocery yes. store. Actually, it's funny. We saw my son's teacher at the grocery store last week, which was very funny. And they're um, going to be like, what? She's a real person? Yeah. It's the same yeah, thing. No, yeah. but it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And so there is an element of becoming the character, not that it's inauthentic, but becoming the character that you are when you are at work. And it does. It puts you in a different mindset and controlling what you can control. So I was at, I was actually at a house party recently and a woman was talking to me about how recently at her finance company, a, I won't name names, but a, an executive from Google had recently came over to become an executive at the finance company that she worked for. And she did this big presentation in front of everyone. And only thing anyone was talking about afterwards was how what she was wearing seemed really inappropriate or out of touch with the culture of the company. So everyone's basically saying like she didn't really seem to know what to wear. Like maybe she had come from casual tech and was just sort of trying to look professional, but just look lost and out of sorts. And in particular, she sort of described it almost like she had gone to like an Ann Taylor and just picked whatever ill-fitting thing was available. And it really, you know, kind of represented it a little bit about how the power of like what you wear can influence how people pay attention. Well, and again, I think it's so much not only about confidence, because what you're talking about is clearly there was some lack of confidence that came across there, right? For her clothes to stand out like that. And the power of not reading your context correctly or knowing how to present yourself can actually detract from the message that you want to land. So it's not necessarily about adding, it's about making sure nothing takes away so that your message can be heard and you can be seen for all the wonderful things that you're doing and saying and 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 changing. 
Yeah. And also uh, making people trust your authority. If you're coming in on that position, people need to feel comfortable that you are understand them, you know, and who you are going to be as a leader. And if what you're wearing is, like you said, distracting from even the messaging, they're not going to trust even what you say, because if you you can't be trusted to wear an outfit that isn't aligned with the position you have and the company you're coming to work for. How can I trust that you're going to drive our business in the right direction as well? Well, it's interesting. As you're talking, I'm thinking about judgment, right? It's a question of judgment. And we talk about people judging others, but it's also a question of, can I trust this person's judgment? And also, if you look like you didn't trust your own and what you wore, then that's an even bigger problem because at least when what was being described to me was that she was like fussing and she just really looked like almost she was wearing, you know, someone else's work outfit. Uncomfortable. Which, yeah. And I've seen that before myself and it's not always about what you wear in, in the literal sense, but that's why sometimes people that aren't always the most sophisticated dressers are still well-dressed because they understand who they are and who their audience is. And there's power in that. For sure. I want to go back to this idea of personal branding. Yeah. And how you've seen it translate into results for your clients. How has your styling impacted their careers? Oh, okay. So... Well, I will just add on that, like, uh, and I'll address that directly, but I will just add on that, you know, this doesn't mean that you have to conform entirely and lose your identity and your sense of self and personal style. So I will, I do feel like that's necessary to clarify because there is, and that's what a great stylist and a great cohesive wardrobe that does work together can do for you because, when you have that, you do get to show up in that per that personally branded self, that competent self, that work appropriate self, whatever that means. But also you get to feel comfortable and you get to feel really good about it. And it gets to feel like you. It doesn't feel like a costume. It just feels like this version of you or this more focused part of yourself, which is maybe your work self. And so I like, can I jump in for a second? I like yeah. that and I'll tell you why. One of the drums I beat is about you can't put somebody into a box, right? You can have multiple different identities. You could be multiple things at once. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm many different things. And I'm the same person in all of that. And different aspects of me are more pronounced in all of that. And so what I like about what you're saying is you can be you. You can be all of you. And it's just what you're highlighting in certain arenas. 100%. And, you know, I'll cite, I can cite two examples with clients that are uh, two very different experiences, but relevant to the question of what, how did it help them excel in their career? So um, one was, um, so I have one client who was a more senior person in, um, uh, we'll say the tech space, for example, and she was um, transitioning from male to female, and she had been with the company a very long time. But what was important about that detail is that, you know, like everyone who typically hires a stylist like me or my clients, they're looking for someone to support them to be to a change of what they want to be. Right. That promotion, that successful dater, that 
powerful, gets ready, easy in the morning person. And, you know, she really needed to find herself in this new, new place that she was new person she was going to be. But she, after we worked together, she had a lot of very high up meetings. She had to present in front of a lot of people. She had to be very, you know, facing the company. And for the first time ever, she said at any stage in her career, she felt the most confident she ever did about what she was going to wear and how she looked. And that is in, incredible because we talk about decision fatigue. She didn't have to think about what she was wearing at all. She just had to pick whatever of artists she loved that she could wear to feel great in this meeting and in this event. And so that's an example that's something that can carry through her for years and years. And the other client was an interest is interesting in that, you know, she also worked in a little bit more of a flex. She worked in a, a position where she sometimes had to show up in different levels of professionalism with her team, which was a challenge because, you know, it's sort of like, how do you get a wardrobe that works for many things and not feeling like, you got, you know, that blazer from 11 years ago that you throw on just because it's that one time. So we worked with what, what, what she said that was really profound is that she started getting noticed She with on meetings, like senior people would send her DMs or emails and comments about the way that she, what she was wearing. And like it drew basically what she found is that her, her, Courage to show up more creatively as as herself at work and the way that she dressed actually attracted seniors at her company to be curious about who she was. So it got attention. Yes. Positive attention. Not negative yes. attention. Positive Ex attention. Exactly. It made yeah. it 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 made people who she was largely off their radar become curious about who she was. And that is like, it's interesting to get attention at work when it's not always just about your work. And I do hear people say, I want it to be about the work, but you have to realize like uh, it is about the work because you're still showing up in your identity, your person, yourself, the personal brand we're talking about, your, the person that you wholeheartedly are at work is still your work because you put that into what you do, not just necessarily the document you submit or the proposal or deck or contribution that you provide. So I, 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 I thought that was really profound because it opened doors for her to even have conversations with people and build connections and a rapport um, and created a reputation with, she already had a great reputation with her in her position at the company, but this really lightened it and also um, highlighted her in a way that like made people maybe read the full thing instead of just see her name on an email. So really confidence. Yeah. It all the goes confidence back to, to show up, the confidence to show up, the confidence to be you, the confidence to speak up and to not hide and to know what to wear. <laughs> <laughs> I know I need you, but that we'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. So I want to, I want to talk about some tips. Sure. So short of somebody hiring a stylist, what are some quick tips that you could give somebody to look a little bit more professional at work? Oh, well, I would say, focus, first of all, focus on details. So if that means that 
some of your clothing isn't fitting a little well because either it's stretched or maybe you've lost, your body has changed a little bit, whether if you can tailor things to fit a little better, whether that's length or sleeve or something that's a little loose, the more polished your tailoring is, the better any clothing will look for starters. The second thing would be think more about a detail. So that could be changing, you know, new belts, as simple as new belts, polishing your shoes on the regular, um, socks even, or the layering piece that maybe you wear being a little more interesting, something that just adds a touch of differentiation to what you wear every day and maybe what everyone else wears every day. Now, everyone's environment is different, so they may have different levels of creativity and exploration. But even if it's something as simple as if you only wear neutrals at work and you're in a more like conservative work environment and you can throw in like one soft pastel, anything that will just stretch you a little bit outside of your, your consistent. All right, I have to jump in here. My favorite movie of all time is the birdcage. And there's an episode, there's a scene where Nathan Lane is sitting there and he's in a black suit and he has bright fuchsia socks and he goes, one should hope for a pop of color. And I literally say that phrase, that phrase multiple times a week. My husband thinks it's uh, he's probably sick of it because I say it multiple, multiple times a week. One should hope for a hint of color. Anyway, so you just made me think of that. Well, I mean, that could be like a metaphor for the message, right? Like, it's like, where can you add your pop of color? Where can you just inject something? Because I know that that part of you exists somewhere. So in, in some facet of your life, typically. So where can you inject that into what you're wearing to work? And then my last tip, which is my universal tip for everyone, is you need to edit your closet. I don't even know. I haven't seen your closet, but you, I, you need to edit your closet. Like you, whoever is listening, you need to edit your closet because everybody is holding on to things that they are not wearing. They don't like, they don't fit. They never, they're not really sure they ever liked. They kind of like, they invested a lot of money in, but they don't really want anymore. So they keep them because it makes them feel bad. And then they, what happens is, is that they just get this overflow of mostly junk that they're never going to wear. And then they feel like they have nothing to wear and they wear the same 20% over and over and over again. And they get really bored. Hi. And then they look at, look at online and they see all these cute things and they maybe buy a bunch of it and half of it doesn't fit. And they end up with one piece that's also maybe good enough. And then they just kind of start the cycle. So mm. edit your closet. I think that editing your closet is the number one step to a successful wardrobe. And you can do it in a really easy way. I do have a method that I can share with you. I call it wear it once. And wear it once is basically every time you get dressed, you put on something that you haven't worn yet. So that mm. can mean you have those two, let's say you're still wearing those two theory blazers. <laughs> Your throw every shirt is different. Or every, you know, shoe is rotated until it's not it's they're all worn and yes there are ball gowns and tuxedos that are kept for certain occasions but most of our wardrobe is meant to be worn and if every day you you add one single piece 
a sock, a shoe, or a blouse, or an earring, or a blazer that you haven't worn yet, you will eventually have gone through your entire closet. And you will also realize that you are never going to wear some of that because if you had to leave the house in it, you'd rather die. So where does it go? So then you, then you purge. Yes. So without having to spend six hours on a Saturday, like pruning and holding things and wondering, does it spark joy? joy? Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) you'll know if it sparks joy if you leave the house in it and you're constantly adjusting your bra strap. Okay. Like that's going to tell you whether or not it sparks joy. Okay. Like, so I moved, I moved to Florida and my entire wardrobe is still black, gray, navy. I'm like, I need some, one should hope for a pop of color. Nathan Lane. One should hope. Okay. So let's talk about working from home because a lot of people now are in a hybrid environment. So what recommendations do you have for someone to show up as professional on a Zoom? Well, I would do what everyone else doesn't do. I would act like you're in a meeting at work. So you usually show up with your hair done and maybe if you wear makeup, makeup. So do the same thing. Okay. Um, if you want, because again, not everyone's doing it. So my other advice is put on pants. So this whole like half thing, I'll tell you why, because there's two reasons why. A, it goes back to the power poses we talked with. It does put you in a state of mind. You are now on a meeting you are going to sit up straight because now if you have stiff jeans on, even if they're jeans, like you are going to sit up straight versus this. So versus the slouching and the other, and you're going to remember that you're at work, right? The second thing is, is you're going to put on pants or whatever bottoms you're going to put on because you're not going to be that person that forgets you don't have pants on or so you only have sweatpants on because you always are only wearing a top and like shorts or, you know, maybe bike shorts or, and you're not going to accidentally get up and show everybody your sweatpants, which right, right. is fine, but it's not great. So yeah. we want to avoid that. And I think that hacking yourself in that way does allow for you to remember that you're at work. And it's no different than, you know, how there's all that evidence about you should try to have a separate workspace. Have a designated workspace that is separate from the rest of your life so you can get into I'm at work now mode. It's the same thing. You want to psychologically hack yourself to know that I'm at work now. And, you know, I think that as a, on a personal side, I think that one of the reasons a lot of people struggle during COVID or during lockdowns and during that time for beyond the obvious reasons was because you know, we never, we no longer had that transitional joy of when you come home and you change out of your work clothes or you transition from that part of your life to the next. And there was a little bit of lost joy in that because there was something what, sort of the button pants and putting on sweatpants. Yeah. There was some <laughs> sort of like, you got to feel like release. Release? That cozy, yeah. That coziness. Release. Yeah. And we lost that because it just became this homogenous all time thing. And there's sort of, I, there is some sort of reality to that, letting you know that now I'm transitioning to the other part of my life. And also, you know, enabling you to feel that moment of release, because otherwise, this is also why I think our lives just blended where there was no delineation. So 
that is also why I encourage you to put on pants. And does that mean you have to do it every day? Fine. But I tell people, try to aim to get real dressed at least three days a week. Yeah. So what's really coming out to me about this entire conversation is that all roads go back to not only confidence, but also controlling the narrative, getting positive attention and making sure that your work can speak for your, for itself and that nothing is detracting from someone potentially trusting or respecting you and not only your own confidence, but enhancing someone else's confidence in you as a professional. hundred percent. And I also would say it lends to feeling in control, right? Mm. Everything comes back to control. I think every podcast episode I do somehow comes back to control. Well, because whether you have it or not, you want to feel like you do because that's the reality, right? We want to feel like we are in control. And, you know, what I love about clothing and confidence is that it doesn't actually matter how much everybody loves it because you're inevitably, you're not going to please everybody. 100%. Someone is not going to like your outfit. It doesn't matter what you do because that's the nature of people. They try to, not everyone's going to be a supporter for you, but if you like it and you feel really great in it, like the haters don't matter so much. Confidence. Yeah. And that's what I think it comes down to. That's why people that, you know, are someone like, you know, maybe the Bill Gates of the world. One of the reasons they're over able to overcome the necessity of creative dressing is because they have the confidence to wear the same thing every day and, you know, and, you know, make life changing software. <laughs> but <laughs> so, but it is still in the end, it comes back to that. And I, I, I feel my, you know, for people in general who lose so much time and energy and, uh, you know, diminished self image because they don't have things that fit well that feel good on, that feel appropriate and, you know, waste all that, you know, time, energy and effort that they could be pursuing toward putting towards other things because it overwhelms them so much. And I, my work is about eliminating that for people. It's about making you feel as effortless and easy and cool. So you can focus on your work or your, and and your kids on the weekend. And So packing for an event, or if you are meeting, you know, seniors or executives, or you are an executive, but you don't feel like it really reflects that. Like you're extremely, a lot of my clients are extremely successful and they don't feel like the way they look reflects that there. That's a lot of lost time. That's it. We don't, I don't want anybody wasting all that time on returns and browsing and, you know, and then forget about how you feel when things don't fit you. I do. And there, I do believe that you're, you're correct. Confidence is a key component and you can, you know, you can hack it and eventually so, and be Dumbo. <laughs> all right. So I want to ask you one last question and I want you to take it however you will. Okay. What do you know now that you wish you knew back then? Oh, Um, that whatever you, whatever's keeping you from starting, you are going to feel once you begin. So just do it anyway. There's no avoiding Mm. it. What do you mean by that? So 
when we are, when we dream of anything, starting a business, taking some sort of leap, we avoid beginning because there is something that is going to make us tremendously uncomfortable. And sometimes we don't even know what that is. We just know that it's gonna, it's scary, very scary. But you are never gonna be able to prepare yourself, read something enough, coach yourself out of experiencing that experience. So whatever imposter syndrome or feelings of unworthiness or what other is coming up for you or scarcity or whatever, whatever is coming up for you, that is going to come up for you. You are going to hit those psychological barriers once you begin. So just take action. So just begin because either you are going to persevere through them and you are going to find a way or you are going to stay the same. So you just said the magic word that I have to jump in about. I really dislike the term imposter syndrome. I will tell oh. you why. Imposter syndrome is really just self-doubt. Yeah. But then when you give it a name and it's a syndrome, it's this really big thing that you give it so much power. And so this is my PSA to anybody listening. Yes, fine. You can use the word imposter syndrome. I'm sure it's made somebody a lot of money because they've coined that term. At the end of the day, it's just self-doubt. And guess what? Everybody doubts themselves because we are human. So that's my PSA. I had to say that. No, I like that a lot. And actually, you know, hearing that, it's I completely concur in that. You know, it's the same thing when people are like, "I can't pull that off." Well, only because you believe you can. It's right. only it's yeah. Like no one's telling you whether you can pull it off. You decide. You that's can't how fly it's pulled off. Feather. You can't fly Dumbo without the feather. Because you don't think you can fly without the feather, but you can. It's all your ears. And we come full circle. I love <laughs> when that happens. Uh, Nicole, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for joining us. For anybody who wants to get in touch about styling services or follow along with all your great content on Instagram, how can they get in touch with you? Oh, I would love to connect. So on Instagram, you can follow me. Uh, it's underscore let's get you and you can find me at let's get you.com. It's spelled just like it sounds. And if you're interested in how to edit your closet with some ease, you can go to let's get you.com slash closet edit and I can give you all my secrets. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and everyone check out Nicole. Thank you so much. This is so great. I love it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Worked Up. Please don't forget to follow, like, and write a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your shows. And please follow along with us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Jacqueline Beck Consulting or on LinkedIn at Jacqueline Beck Consulting. See you next time.